Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Glenn. And welcome to My, My Mate, Mate Reckons. Reckons, the show where we teach you... And each other. ...about whatever the fuck we want to talk about. just fucking interested about. As, well, spoiler alert, we fucking swear. <laughs> it's going to be big old swears and probably some chat about sex because we are big old horn dogs. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, Claire there. Hey, Dave. How are things? Look, mate, good. Good. It's episode whatever it is, nine. Oh, How about that? Episode nine. We've made it. Nine and I ten. am so excited for this episode in particular. I am not. Because I've given you, but you're kind of here voluntarily, because I've given you <laughs> as an option week after week. I'm like, at some point, I'd love you to explain. String theory. <laughs> and I'm like... Because I think always there. out of all the people in my life who I want who to, love science and particularly advanced quantum, quantum physics, physics yeah. I want to hear go, Claire. Claire. That Claire loves all of those things. Yes, so I am so excited. Oh, so I was like, what do people need now more than ever in the world? People <laughs> need a giggle, and so I was like, I'm going to do string theory. Bless I'm your heart. Dive in, and I sent you a message. Amidst my research saying, Dave, I'm even watching string theory for kids videos and I don't understand. (laughs) And you were like, persevere. Good. That's what I'm hoping for. So strap in. So this is what I've learnt. Can I I say Mm. that I feel like string theory is one of those things that every three or four years I go on a science, I have a wild night with science. (laughs) Or I just have a science phase and I read a lot and, like, I understand string theory for, like, a hot second and then I forget it Can I say I've never had a hot night with science? I know you haven't. Ever. But that's more the pity, my, my friend. <laughs> science is your friend science and my friend too. is hard is what I want to say and not in a good way. It is not. It is. My night with science has been very flaccid indeed. <laughs> Whereas I like my like science erect and hot. Your science is, is limp, limp and soft. And not even remotely interested in me and vice versa. Oh, that's sad. It's like a bad blind date that we have to just persevere on. Oh, good Lord. So now that I've pumped everyone up for a cracking episode, shall we dive in? That's what you should do We're with a soft cock. Pump look, it up. I'm just going <laughs> to take some Viagra and let's get into yeah, let's it. Yeah, let's go. All right. So string theory oh. is the first theory of physics that tries to explain Everything, Dave. That's what I've learnt. Everything. What do you mean by everything? Like it's the world, the universe, all of the things. Everything at the same time summed up yeah. in one theory. Everything is made of string. That's also what I've learnt. Right. And that's pretty much it. No. Okay, great. <laughs> Good. Join us next week. So reading about string theory, this is the sort of things I had to attempt, uh, attempt to read and understand. Sure. I'm going to read you a sentence. Okay. And this, remember, is from an article that is like string theory... For kids. String theory for dummies. Okay, awesome. String theory is a set of attempts to model the four known fundamental interactions, gravitation, electromagnetism, strong nuclear force, weak nuclear force, together in one theory. Physics by elementary units, the one classical force, gravity, and the new, like, quantum field theory of the three other... Like, what? (laughs) Oh, that's what? Did you stumble across in your research the grand unified theory? 
Yes, and the theory of everything. Yeah. So, like, Albert Einstein is in here. He's important. Yes. Because he was the first person who tried to work out a unified field yep. theory. And so he wants Trying a to make single sense. explanation. Yeah, great. Okay, cool. Of all of the interactions of the universe. Yeah. How in, in are one all of these tidy things tied? idea. Yes. Yes. So, like, there are multiple universes and multiple dimensions. Yes. How are atoms and particles? Look at me using all this science. I know. Language. I'm so How impressed. is everything smushed together? Yeah. And so then they're like, scientists are like, yep, Einstein's coming up with a thing. Everyone's like, yes, we want to roll along with this theory. Stephen and, and, Hawking is in here as well. There's yeah, like right. shits in the 70s and 80s to all kind of – there's something called M-theory. There's like geometry and maths yeah. in space, Dave, and you know how I feel about maths and I you know do. how I feel about space. I know. So all of these things together <laughs> are like my brain is smushy. But it's but if it's any consolation, so is Einstein's brain and so is Hawking's brain about this. Like the reason why this grand unified theory is so hard is because like Even scientists, quantum physicists yeah, can't work it out. Scientists are like because as you form a research career in science, you go and get really specific and research one specific thing, yeah. like super specifically. And but then part of science is like, and part of quantum physics mission is to like unify all these things together. So how does gravity interact with electromagnetism and where where is the point where they converge and all that yes. shit? It's really fucking hard. It was really fucking hard yeah. to understand. Hence so I was strings. like trept, kept trying to come back to be like, okay, so then I'd be like, well, I need to know what that thing is to then be able to even understand what this thing is. So basically because of Einstein, every theoretical physicist is now dreaming up of ways to work out how this small world where everything is made of atoms and particles that we exist in also relates to like how these small things that make everything here relate to the fucking large scale of the cosmos. So like how do these small articles, not articles, particles Particles, and atoms, how does stuff, how does that even relate to like the fucking grand scale of how how big the the cosmos is? Yes. That's, that's a great way of putting it. So it has a lot to do with gravity. Okay, cool. <laughs> which we all understand because it's what keeps us on the planet. Yeah. And also what keeps us in orbit and not like spinning off into a fiery yep. hellish death. I dislike gravity because it often makes me fall down. Oh, so do I. And I'm a clumsy person shit. too. Yes. Like, and I'm one of those people that would trip over nothing. Is that you as well? Yeah. The last couple of days my wife and I have been joking because like, it's like I'm constantly in the first act of a superhero origin movie <laughs> where my power is the power of destruction and I have not learned how to harness Use it. it. Yeah. So, okay. gravity. Yes. These particles are called gravitons, which does the job or something to do with something called gravitons, which made me think about the gravitron. <laughs> Here we the go. The ride. Yeah. Yes. At Dreamworld. Yes. And did you ever go on the Gravitron? No, because I was an anxious... I would now. I was an anxious kid and, like, super scared. <laughs> Which, in retrospect, given the direction that Dreamworld has gone... It's fair. It's, it's fair. <laughs> Maybe you're a prophet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like, I don't want to go on the fun water log ride. That's not a great idea. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, no, I didn't, did you? Yeah, the Gravitron was my favourite, or one of my favourites. Did it you just vomit? spins around... No, it spins around really fast and you end up sticking to the wall. If you were bold, you could... Go upside down. Oh, really? And like stick to the wall. But I was never bold enough to like sure. go upside down, which is 
Fair. a whole other kind of thing about like being comfortable in your body and taking up space and all of those things that we can go into much later. Oh, I think it's also about being comfortable with the idea of, of being upside down. Yeah, while a machine spins and you around and, and trusting the machine and the 15-year-old who's been trained to push the button exactly. correctly. Exactly. Yeah, so it would be fun you'd stick to the wall you can't move. Um so that's a good segue. Look at me feeling this time. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So They've now, they've like, right, we're like gravity, we want a yep. theory of everything. Great. Okay. But now when they start working things out, they then realise that this is this this is what I've read, that nonsensical infinities Jesus, what? appear when they kind of get closer to proving something, it disproves something else. That's right. So okay. they're like, right, we think string theory is this, they get to a point and then they're like, oh, fuck, but if it's that, it disproves all this other sure. work that we've done. Sure, sure, sure. Nonsensical infinities, I was like, I've never related to anything more because everything I'm reading <laughs> about quantum physics feels nonsensical to me. But this is the realm of science that we're at, which is why I like it. Oh, my God. I like because it's like this is the edge of, like, science where it's like reality itself starts to break what down. What I'm liking, what I'm realising I like about it more particularly this kind of level of it's very it's it's like the arts for nerds in that you're looking at me with a level like, of confusion that is fascinating i'm like what are you talking about i mean because you don't know you don't have an no. answer and you are making something up and yeah. then hoping to prove it or you're making a thing and going like what if there is multiple dimensions? What if we yeah. just can't see shit? What if there are multiple universes? What if we are tiny in the grand scheme of all of yeah. the things? I love the level of belief and innovation that has to come to this level of science. Yeah, me too. But then scientists have that thing where they need to prove it and it be real and you commit your life to proving it, whereas artists are like, eh, yeah, I'll, I'll just, just write a grant <laughs> <laughs> and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. So this is where M theory comes in, which is like Great. Stephen Hawking has something to do with this. I, didn't I legitimately don't know what – I have no idea. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard of it. I think it's the like closer to the, the end that we're in now. So okay. in the 1970s, scientists realised rather than describing the universe based on particles, yep. we should describe it in terms of tiny oscillating strings. Right. And so strings are like tubes of energy. So rather than the idea that everything is like small dots, mm-hmm. it's that everything is this tube of energy. Okay. But fucking tiny. And oscillating and interacting with each other and interlocking. And, and everything is made of, of strings. Vibrating string. Yes. So theoretically. Can I, could this yes. episode's like we're about halfway through, we're at about 10, 11 minutes. In the background, I've been thinking this entire time of ways to work in a G-string joke, and there's been no. So, like, I I want to make a joke about reality vibrating at the frequency of a G-string. That's all I've got. Keep you going. You know what I find about comedy and jokes is when you explain the joke, it makes it even better. So Great. I can't wait. Good. Or is that the G-string that's, joke? That's all I've got. I'm just saying there's a G-string joke in. So if you can think so of a better G-string joke. contact with us about my the mate G-string reckons jokes. at gmail.com. It's a small tube of energy. That's correct. Because if it's up your butthole, <laughs> then there is some energy that you are feeling. Indeed. Okay. So basically what I have then summarized is that theoretical physicists are devoting their time to working all of this shit out and it's had many ups and downs. 
throughout all of time because people are fucking puzzled buzz- by this. And I'm like, Much no like shit, Sherlock. <laughs> yeah. People are puzzled by G-strings as well. So this is like where we get into space-time dimensions yep. and they know that there are four of them currently, which they call depth, <laughs> height, width and time, which we know. They're four yes. dimensions. But they have now gotten to a point where for string theory to work, they think there are like ten dimensions oh. and either – we just don't have access to them in our perception. Perception, or they're so small we don't notice them, or it is like a whole other fucking multiverse that is governed by different laws of physics. Are you ready for for me to make this contemporary? Yes, please. Like racism. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Done. Dave. <laughs> Explain. Because <laughs> racism is invisible and way bigger than oh, we think. Oh, yes. And we are only now beginning to wake up and it's a constant process of making yourself more more uh, able Aware to perceive of the it. multiple dimensions. Indeed. And microaggressions that people of colour. Indeed. Ex- that's, yes. Look good. at me do that. Okay, that's good. That's really exciting. Don't you get excited by the idea that there's like ten dimensions? Yes, I get more excited by that than I do about space. It does stress me. Space does and science stress, stress me. Why? I think it's, I don't know. I think it's because it's the, the size of it I can't fathom right. in my brain because right. it's so big. Right. So then because <laughs> this is so said. big. But it's limp. It's it's limp not, it can't be that threatening. Not in your world. It is like Woo-hoo! big and it's exciting and yeah, it's man. hot. So then by this point of reading a lot and watching multiple YouTube videos, which, like, I watched one where there's a physicist trying to explain things to kids and these kids are just looking at him like, what? What the fuck? I was like, what I actually need to know is who is Einstein because I know nothing about him. Okay. So then I was like, right, let's do some interesting facts about Einstein. I don't know much about Einstein either. Go for it. Yeah. So I was like, interesting facts about Einstein, that he dropped out of school when he was 15 Sure. To and left Germany to avoid state mandated military service. Good idea. Yeah, good one. Einstein. But boy is fucking smart. Yes. Clearly. Okay, great. He's real smart. Is that your hot take? That's my hot take is that Einstein is very smart. Great. So there's this, I didn't know this, but there's some rumor that went around that t- can teachers use to be like, even Einstein failed grade school maths. And apparently that was a thing and someone asked him about it before he died and his response to that was, before I was 15, I had mastered differential and integral calculus. So he's like, fuck you, I didn't fail math. So apparently he was a bit of a rebel in what he studied. He went to uni um, and then when he finished uni, he found it tough to get a job because people were like, "Mm, he just would wag or he wouldn't be here, clearly because he's so fucking smart. So he ended up getting a job as like a lower end clerk, not actually in, yes. a, in a lab, but not or in wherever he was, not actually of kind of where he was at in terms sure. of his study. So what he would do is do his like bit of work that he had to do in the morning and then work on his shit. Right, in the afternoon. In the afternoon. Good so idea. he had a big year in 19... 19- I mean, we've all had fucking jobs. Oh, like that, yes. Where you go, like, get the bare minimum done. People Absolutely. think it's the problem with being so competent, Dave. Well, that's the issue I've always had. For example, some days I have to come in and record an obligatory podcast exactly. with my pretend friend. But you're so competent that, that people are like, wow, they're, wow. they're chemistry. That, that, that's right. <laughs> so in 1905, yes. he has something called his miracle year. 
Okay. Where he publishes four revolutionary articles that interest that introduce his famous equation E equals MC squared and the theory of special relativity. So in his spare time, he's just pumping out these fucking theories and Jesus. doing this research, publishes these four Can articles, and people are like, this dude, pretty fucking clever. So then he didn't get a full professorship in like a university mm. until 1909, which is a full decade after he's left school because people are like, this guy, a bit wild. Yeah, right. But that's the thing I'm realising too is that all of the best scientists are a yeah. bit fucking wild and people are like, this guy. That's one of my favourite quotes. Or this lady or this from, person. Um, favourite quotes from someone, some research paper, something is like, that all the truth. <laughs> I don't know. This is really. a quote Jesus. from someone somewhere. <laughs> someone once said, <laughs> "What were you saying about being competent?" Um, no, but it was a book I was reading on alternative medicine and like breakthroughs in health over the years and blah blah blah. But is that the true like the true breakthroughs in science come from left field? Mm. But the issue is that before you make the discovery. Or before you are able to prove your hypothesis, you're a weirdo. Like yeah. you're a rebel in science. Science and scientists look down upon you. After you make it, you're a fucking genius, and but you're a breakthrough. And you're then, in, before then, you're the people think you're fucking like wild. Which is what's really difficult about science mm. is that you and and kind of um, I think what is so unattractive to many people who uh, who regard science as snobby or intimidating mm. is because science can be snobby and intimidating. Yeah. Well, he got married okay. and he had kids, but he grew apart from his first wife after he became successful in academia and they tried reconciling and he wrote a contract which has been published. This was their contract. One, you will make sure that my clothes and laundry are kept in good order, that I will receive my three meals regularly in my room, that my bedroom and study are kept neat and especially that my desk is left for my use only. You will renounce all personal relations with me insofar as they are not completely necessary for social reasons. Wow. And he further demanded that you will stop talking to me if I request it. Oh, my God. That's like my contract. That's pretty much word for word my contract in my marriage. Yeah, great. Yeah, me too. Wowee. So weirdly, they got divorced. Oh, really? (laughs) Seems like that's a really fun time to be married to Albo. Yeah, that's kind of telling you the level of, like, devotion to his work and yes. probably poor people skills yes. that he had, I'm going to say. Yes. Part of their divorce, which I found this really interesting, he agreed to pay her a little bit of money, but he also agreed to an annual bit of cash from the Nobel Peace Prize, or no, not Nobel Peace Prize, Nobel Prize, yeah. that he hadn't won yet, but he was like, when I win, I'm going to give you money from that. Oh, wow. He was so sure. That's amazing. Which he did win of course. and paid her. Wow. So good work. He then married his cousin. Oh. <laughs> That's a was, left turn. <laughs> right. He then married, he was married to until she died. Okay. Um, so somewhere in here he ends up going to the States yeah. and working in America. I think he worked at Princeton. Um, and then, but he's a proud pacifist. He is like talks about his left-wing causes. He's into civil rights. Um, and, but the FBI, because this is post Cold War, which you'll all know about, and which we all know about, exactly. Claire educated us all mm-hmm. on that. But so they're like, this dude is, we need to keep an eye on him. Yeah. So the FBI 
launched a 22-year surveillance campaign. On Einstein. On Einstein. So agents listened to his phone calls. They opened his mail. They went through his trash in the hope of unmasking him as a subversive or a Soviet spy. Wow. They even investigated tips that he was building a death ray. A death ray. (laughs) Yeah. Fantastic. The project obviously came up empty-handed, but by the time he died in 1955, his FBI file totaled a whopping 1,800 pages of content that they had caught on him because they were sure that he was up to some nasty shit. And who knows, maybe he's hidden a death ray in another dimension. Exactly. And we will one day maybe find it. That's amazing. So another thing I found interesting about him is that he... um, when he found out that the Germans or the Nazis were creating nuclear weaponry, mm. he was like, fuck, or an atom bomb. Mm. He was like, um, talked to Franklin D. Roosevelt, who was the president at the time with another scientist, and said, can we please do some atomic research here? Because we need to be ahead of this. So whatever research that they ended up doing was good research. Right. Because they're fucking clever. They got successful. And so they were done it successfully. And he talked later in his life about how deeply upset he Mm. was that science that he had created ended up causing Hiroshima and the Nagasaki bombings. And so he said, had I known that the Germans would not have succeeded in producing the atomic bomb, I never would have lifted a finger to do that research. Which then after that, he then became super passionate about no nuclear yeah. Arms. We shouldn't be fucking around with this at all. Yeah. And he wrote a manifesto that was kind of like, we need to be able to use our words and settle our How disputes. about that? Cleverly. Did you know that his brain was stolen? Yeah, I did. But I don't know the details of this story. I didn't really go into it. There's a great play called Incognito, which yes. kind of touches on it a little bit, which I knew that. But um, the guy who did, the pathologist who did his... Autopsy. Autopsy. He wanted to be cremated. Mm. Um, ended up stealing his brain. Ooh. Then eventually getting permission from his um, son right. to do research on it. And then in the hopes of unlocking well, the secrets to his life. This was this how, is why he was so genius different. he was. Sure. Exactly. Um, then they handful of studies have been conducted on it since the nineteen eighties. Most studies have been dismissed or discredited because was a stolen yeah. fucking brain. Yeah. But the most famous came in 1999 because they were then like chopping up bits of his brain Ooh. when a team from a Canadian university published a controversial paper claiming that Einstein possessed unusual folds on his peri- perietal lobe, Ooh. part of the brain associated with mathematical and spatial ability. Look, I don't need to do a fucking autopsy <laughs> to know that his brain is wired it's differently and is a bit special in yeah, terms yeah, yeah. of his capacity for maths. Yeah, that's right. So it's like, what? I don't get that. Anyway, he died. Do you think your brain's extra foldy in different bits? I reckon. Yeah, oh, yeah. In what bits? In, in which like bits, Clever? I think in the joy and whimsy bits. <laughs> My brain. Extra folds in the joy and whimsy bit. Extra glittery folds that are hardwired for joy and whimsy, I reckon. And other plays for children. (laughs) A memoir by Clay Christian. (laughs) So he dies, and I thought this was interesting. Um, And he says, 
around his time of his death, he says, I want to go when I, uh, when I want. It is tasteless to prolong life artificially. I have done my share. It's time to go. I will do it elegantly. But before he died, like in the moments of his death, he said a few words to the nurse, but he spoke them in German and she didn't understand German. (laughs) So imagine. Einstein's last words. No one knows what they are. Only that he spoke something in German. in German and That's fantastic. Isn't that great? That's amazing. Yeah. So then where I went to yeah. is I Googled theoret like the then I Googled the rel- relativity. Right. The theory relativity. Of re- the, rel- the theory of relativity. <laughs> Which is what he came up with. And then I was like, ugh. Then I was like, what is quantum physics? And was like, ugh. Yeah. And then I remembered watching Quantum Leap when I was a kid. <laughs> and that made me really happy. And I was like, could I just do a whole episode on Quantum Leap? And then didn't think that I could do a 20-minute, 25-minute episode on Quantum Leap. So do you, do you remember watching Quantum Leap? I did. I watched a little bit of it on cable when we first got cable, and that was a revolution if you don't in know, the late 90s. It was about a physicist from, like, late 80s. Who kept going into different people's bodies Who created some history. kind of fucking magical mm. multi-dimension thing where he leapt into other people's bodies in the pursuit of changing time and doing good. Good premise. And then jumping, hopefully, keep quantum leaping till he got back to his dimension yeah. and back into his own body. Yeah. But he had a hologram that helped him named That's Sam. Right. It was like a womanizing, cigar drinking, cigar That's smoking. Right. Like He was so funny with his sexual <laughs> harassment. <laughs> he was so, so charming. So charming. So that's what we've liked. Einstein, string theory. Quantum leap. Quantum leap. Babes, I think we've covered a lot. I think you've done an admirable job. Thanks. My expectations for you were unreasonably low, <laughs> low and you've adequately passed them. I still think I haven't explained quant- like string theory other than that everything is made of strings and it's real confusing. But I think that's like that's where science is at. That's that's where it's that makes sense to me. Good. But I also I think you've done a great there's a whole bunch of stuff in there about Einstein that I didn't know. Well there you go. That I didn't know. I want even. to deliver <laughs> Jesus. Language is hard. Language is hard, and so is physics. My mate reckons physics is real hard, <laughs> and Einstein Einstein's brain has extra folds. <laughs> I can't speak. Thanks so for being my mate, Dave. Up. Thanks for being my mate, Claire. Bye. Bye. listening to the show if you'd like to leave a rating and review on whatever service you're listening to this please on, do that would be great that'd be great tell, tell your friends me. tell your mates that's right that's the name of the show i see what you did there where can people find you claire? people can find me on instagram at claire and pearl where can people find you dave people can find me at dave burton writer and if you have a suggestion or a question or would like to point out how much Claire got wrong. <laughs> or how much Dave got wrong. Then you can write us an email at mymatereckons at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you.